0: This is Amanda Rucker, and you're listening to Cirrhosis, my podcast where I interview badass women who have advice to give. So this is my third episode, and once again, I said it would come out on the first Wednesday and third Wednesday of every month, and it's Thursday night. It's alright. Life's just been a little crazy lately, and honestly, the last thing I've been wanting to do is sit down at the computer at the end of the day and try to edit episodes or even record these intros and conclusions you know when you just are really over screen time that is how I've been feeling so thanks for your patience the only person who actually called me out was my dad thanks for keeping me accountable dad really nice of you Um, I do want to say one little shout-out that this weekend is my one-year wedding anniversary, and I'm just really excited to celebrate all the great things that happened this last year with my husband. We're going to go down to Kansas City and just eat really good food, go see The National, see Natalie Prass. If you don't know her, look her up. It's going to be a pretty good time. I'm going to be probably posting a lot of obnoxious things on Instagram. Who knows? But without much further ado, and I don't know why I always say further ado when I'm doing these intros. It's not like something I say on the regular um, when I don't have a microphone in front of my face. I don't, I don't know. But um, welcome to episode three. So my friend Caitlin is our guest this week. She is just a rock star human that I really look up to personally and professionally. She deals with a lot of autoimmune diseases that create a lot of roadblocks in her everyday life. And we dive deep into her story, her tools that she uses to get through each and every day, the kind of things she's gone through, different relationships, how her illnesses have impacted each other, and it's just a really great story. So I hope you like it. I feel like out of all like the kind of coworkers I've had in my life, you've really taught me how to be a more empathetic coworker and Aww. manager, especially because like. I don't know. Um, So we're going to talk about some of the issues that you have with your health and everything, especially being so young and how you deal with telling your boss this stuff and, like, working around HR and all that jazz. And especially since talking with you, I've realized that, like, you know, you have to be more empathetic to your employees um, and trust them. And if you can't trust your employees, like, there's... You shouldn't be hiring them in the first place. So... I don't know. I wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yeah. No, I
0: definitely feel like there's
1: that disconnect. And I think it's so easy to be siloed into your own, like, world, your life, especially when you're managing people. And I think it's so easy to be cynical and just mm. not quite believe. Like, I mean, there were times in my life I'm like, oh, are you really that sick? I mean, old me would have had that thought. Yeah. Um, and my health is definitely been been questioned at various stages of my life, various ages. Um, so I do think, yeah, I know, and it's hard too as an employee to like there's that own like my level of trust and having to share what's really going on. And I have to jump because being transparent is only going to strengthen that relationship or even if there is no empathy, at least I know I'm being honest and I told the full truth as opposed to being like, oh, I have health issues. Because I think sometimes when you're out of the office frequently or something picks up, you know, a flare of anything and, you know, that's affecting you, you, if you're not transparent and you just say, oh, I don't feel well, it's hard to empathize. It's hard to understand that. And so.
0: Yeah. But we're like, what's that balance look like though? I I mean, I know as a manager, um, I really do appreciate when the people that I manage are transparent and honest with me, but as an actual employee, there's a level of privacy that I always want to maintain, and I've crossed that line just, like, personal life, like, before this, and I don't really want to go back there, so, like, what is that line where you just have to disclose all the crappy things that are happening to you, but also maintain that privacy because you're a human being, and...
1: No, I feel like I've been able to befriend people who are on like my level because of my story, because of my transparency. I don't feel though that I can be friends necessarily with people. So I feel like I'm maybe pre-labeling myself Mm -hmm. of like, oh, here, here I am. This is who I am. And because of that, I don't maybe get close on a personal level with people. And it's pretty superficial. And it's not that I don't want to, I think there's a level of fear There's definitely that level of like getting thrown under the bus at times. Like I just don't want people and it's happened like, oh, Kate's out again or, you know, oh, what's wrong with her? And that's, you know, so that's probably the one thing that suffers is Mm -hmm. it's easy to be transparent. But and then there's that level of I think people think they know me through my illnesses that they don't think to ask what what am I? Who am I? Mm, yeah. And separating that out. So I think that's probably what gets lost the most.
0: Well, and I think one thing too, you probably have to fight is, um, you don't look ill. <laughs> no, it
1: is. It's a challenge. I mean, like the amount of times I've been, you know, somebody's made an offhand comment about where I park or, you know, mm. it hasn't happened in a very long time. Um, but yeah, you know, especially like I think I used to drive maybe more a vehicle that shouted, I'm young, like, oh, look at me in my jet. You know, like that yeah. young girl, like new professional vehicle, mm-hmm. which definitely is opposed to looking more like, you know, advanced in one's career. And maybe it was just, I looked so young. And so you just think about those weird, you know, offhand comments that people make and they yeah. have no idea. And it's funny because this whole like concept of ableism in our world is very new, I think, as we have like these um, you know, gender boundaries are becoming much more fluid and open. So, you know, that mindset is across the board and it transfers over into, Mm -hmm. you know, every area of life, especially I know in my little world, um, of just ableism. And, and there are moments where I don't think about somebody else's issue who's more visually impaired, you Mm -hmm. know, they're using an assistive device of, you know, whether it's walking, hearing, that I'm not being as empathetic. So it's really teaching me, I think, in a way, how yeah. to be more empathetic. I didn't know that I had room to grow in that
0: area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I thought I maxed out on that. I empathy. really thought I was
1: good, but yeah, I think even it's like those offhand comments that 20 years ago we wouldn't have thought about. Like, oh, you're so thin, you look great, or, yeah. you know, you said." So, you never know and i think that's just an easy one to go to because everyone's made that comment mm-hmm. before or have you lost weight something to that effect and what we have to remember is it's not really our business um and just to keep our mouth shut and ask something about who the person is
0: yeah i yeah comments about weight really really kind of irk me that's like a different conversation but yeah Well, I was, like, thinking really hard about this discussion we were going to have today, and I was thinking, like, the issues you face are one of, like, the, like, one of the most least talked about things. Like, how do we make the world a more welcoming place for people who, like, don't fit in this box of, like, like, able-bodied human beings? Like, I mean, I mean, just, like, Andy and me, or my husband and I traveling as much as we do, like... There are certain freedoms that we are allotted because, like, we can handle most things thrown at us because we both are, like, the same level. But I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to happen. No, but
1: it's true. Like, Brandon and I, my husband, talk about it frequently. I mean, like, you say traveling. Something as silly as, like, we haven't been traveling for years just because, you know, getting in the car isn't necessary. like, even just going to Kansas City, a three-hour drive is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Me driving to work right now with how my hip feels is a challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's so dumb because I'm like, really? Just pushing on the gas pedal? Yes. If you cut me off, you will get a finger.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is,
1: that break is so hard. Um, so we haven't done that, but like, yeah, you know, you get on a plane. I pre-board and um, I just, I need that time to mm-hmm. be able to not sweat, to be able to, God, great story I went to Chicago at the end of April and I really love kids it's like what I would just kill to be is just a stay-at-home mom who does creative projects on the side yeah. and so you know I make the effort I'm like okay my hip is you know doing okay but I just want to pre-board I want to be safe I want to make sure because I'm loading stuff into the overhead bin and I okay. sit down in what I think is the pre-board area and this mom is there her husband's a Chicago Cubs player so they're watching the game hmm. with like her four kids it was the cutest thing ever and I'm here distracted totally missed the freaking pre-board oh no oh my god I could it was so humorous and I wish I wasn't alone in
0: that moment yeah. because it was
1: so funny And so, like, here I am cutting, like, halfway through the A line in Southwest, and you're like, sweet Jesus.
0: But, like, but, like, that's a good point. Like, something like that can ruin your trip experience Mm -hmm. and, like, make you feel like crap for, like, maybe the rest of your trip. I, yeah, I mean, and it's so
1: simple. It's mm -hmm. amazing what a small thing can do that you don't necessarily realize, and I'm still learning the small things, like oh crap that really did me in Mm -hmm. like I drove a car last weekend that sat really low to the ground and get I didn't think anything about getting in and out of it
0: oh yeah
1: and I got in it and I was like oh crap Brandon I'm stuck like I don't know how I'm gonna get out
0: oh (laughs) god he was
1: like well we'll cross that bridge just (laughs) gonna go for a drive but we'll cross that bridge when we get there and, and it's so, that was one that really surprised me because I love to drive and throughout my entire, you know, from getting diagnosed with kind of this more connective tissue disease toward the end of my college years that was the one thing I could always do and I could escape
0: oh yeah I couldn't necessarily
1: walk I might have been in a lot of pain but I could go for a drive and Mm. that was always my thing that made me feel like a normal person yeah because
0: it's a little bit of freedom yeah Yeah.
1: and you can see things and you can go far and Mm. so I would
0: go on these crazy
1: back roads you know drives and it was so fun by myself and now I do I miss that a little bit um so hopefully, you know, but I'm like, if I could get freedom in the real world, as opposed to having to escape like that, I'd trade it in a heartbeat. Yeah, but.
0: yeah. So like, let's talk a little bit then about how can you protect yourself with like your issues and like, you know, operating in our world? Like, how do you find a job that you can be real with them and like, you know, Like, realize, like, what you need out of that position to be the best employee that you can be. What are you doing, like, your daily life? Like, what are those, like, self-care and self-actualization things that you have?
1: Yeah, I think I'll start with just so people know my background. Oh, yeah, good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We just launched right into that. We didn't, like, explain to the people. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Um, So,
1: I am 28 years old, and... Uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 11. Before that, I had asthma. So clearly, autoimmune issues are a part of me, a yeah. part of my life. Um, they switched. Once I got type 1 diabetes, my asthma like completely disappeared. It was oh, magical. Wow. I didn't need... And I was that kid. Like My mom woke me up every three hours to do nebulizer treatments.
0: Oh, dang. Okay. And once
1: I got diabetes, I never got sick again like that. I mean, I'd get like your... Strep throat, your flute like mm-hmm. kid stuff, but nothing like what I had, like I was done spending time in the e r for asthma um and then you know, just had some other things, so like a year after I was diagnosed with type one, um I was diagnosed with gastroparesis, which is kind of this byproduct of diabetes. It typically happens because you're not taking great care of yourself. Mm. It's just where your muscles and your stomach are paralyzed, and they can't digest things as fast. So it affects your motility.
0: Hmm. Um, And you're twelve. Yeah, so I'm
1: twelve, and but I was taking such great care of myself. I mean, my mom. I don't know how to explain her influence. It's like you don't. She's commanding you to make all the right decisions, and you don't realize you're making all the right decisions. Like fighting back was never at least in my health management. <laughs> Never a thought. It wasn't something I even could conceptualize. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just followed along. And fast forward then I'm twenty one. I'm going to school full time. I'm working full time. I mean life is just like that beautiful oh to be in college at that time was so <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And you're partying a lot. You're you mm-hmm. know, you're just you're it's a crazy life and I um had two grandparents who were actually three yeah three who were really sick um and in that time two of which uh ended up passing away within a two-week period oh
0: my god! and it was
1: during that time so i you know had to take time off work i told my teachers like so my grandfather had cancer that came on suddenly and he passed away suddenly and i just was like i have to go say goodbye so you know you're packing Mm -hmm. your bags in your head and out of town Mm -hmm. in the blink of an eye and then um, two weeks later, my grandmother fell, and we knew it would be pretty swift. Yeah, And it, not related to, that's, like, the funnier part of it, like, different sides of the family. Oh, like, wow. it's just so okay. chaotic and random. So I don't know if it was going full speed and literally, like, hitting a brick wall. Mm-hmm. I woke up on Easter morning, and I was out of, you know, it's Easter. My family's gathered. I at my yeah. uncle's. And my mom comes to wake me up to go to Mass. And, yes, I'm I'm from a giant Catholic family. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't move. It was as if I was frozen from, like, my neck down. Like, my hands hurt. My everything ached. I couldn't explain it. So kind of just, you know, bumbling along as if maybe I have a flu. I caught something funny. You know, you're 21. You're in school. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just continued. My parents were staying in a hotel in Lincoln, and my dad and my brother ended up driving back to Ohio, and my mom stayed with me Mm. because something very serious was happening, and we could not figure it out. And straight out of the gate, we just, my uncle is a doctor, poor guy, we just rely on him for everything. He's a GI doctor, but we're like, oh, tell me about this (laughs) brain problem I'm having. Yeah, You know, and poor guy, bless his heart. And he's like, it sounds like she has arthritis, just the very, just the root of what I was dealing with. And mm-hmm. sure enough, I went, had my blood tested, your ANA is your marker, came back positive. I'm obviously not on, you know, any drugs for arthritis at that time. So they're like, okay, we're going to treat it like arthritis. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. And so
1: we did, and it was really hard that's like I fought back on that it was really hard to go from that crazy active lifestyle where here I like I get up at 6 a.m. I go run for three miles and then Mm -hmm. I go work for a couple hours and then I go to class and then I go back to another job and then you know I go to another job after that it was Mm -hmm. very difficult going from that lifestyle losing someone I was very very close to and then you know I moved in with my grandpa to keep him company it was a mutual thing we both needed a shoulder to lean on yeah yeah but it was I, it was sad it was hard and then um so that was 2011 so then fast forward doo, 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 doo. i really ignored my health for a while i will admit to that i was in a
0: shitload of pain and i hated everything and the but m- yeah you're young You're getting all of these diagnoses thrown at you. Yeah. And like, and one of them is, feels like an old person's disease, right? Oh, completely. Yeah.
1: So it's like, no, that can't really be true. Yeah. And so I was just like, I hate everything. I, you know, I would take some meds regularly, some I wouldn't at all. I was on like methotrexate, which is a chemo drug Hmm. for a while. It made my hair fall out. I was like, hell no, I am not starting my senior year of college Without an eyebrow and eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my life. And so, um, I ignored it until a year after my first, like, real job. I, I wasn't, like, working three part-time jobs the first, you know, all together. Yeah. And um, something was very wrong. We just knew. I mean, the good news is I was making it to work every day, and for the most part, but we just knew inherently something was off in me. And that's when we figured out my hip issues. I have a bilateral hip impingement, um, which (laughs) (laughs) means that your hips are shaped real nice and weird. And then I had torn labral tendons, um, which is a tendon in your hip socket. And then they redid all my blood work. And my ANA was positive. The symptoms that I was showing were more than rheumatoid arthritis. They were very definitive. And I should say too, like I had tried other biologic drugs that hadn't worked. Like I'd definitely gone down the gamut of RA meds and not working. Mm-hmm. And being so young, you're like, I don't want to go on a biologic where it's like, you can't have kids for seven years because it has a half life and it oh. will make your kid have a cone head. Um, yeah. I mean, crazy stuff like that where it really made me retract from taking care of myself because I didn't want that. Not that I was at that stage of life or ready for kids or anything, but I just, it felt so final and Mm -hmm. so permanent. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then, um, we just made the decision to go to Johns Hopkins. I wasn't getting the care I needed here in town. And we needed somebody to just say, this is your label. Here's how we're going to treat you effectively. And we're going to get you over a hump and we're going to get you to a more productive life Mm -hmm. where you feel like you can exercise, where you can go live. Yeah. And so we did and we had a plan. It was great. I mean, uh, I was on steroid injections every 12 weeks. I would do crazy high doses, um, to kind of combat blood sugars. It's easier than doing like pills. Um, and it, it worked for a while. And then recently last summer I had a really bad flare and we just said, you know, let's stop with the injections. Let's kind of work on some other things and, You know, in that time, I've had now two hip surgeries, so my hips are, for the most part, fixed. We've got to have the right one readjusted, Um, but lupus is under control, um, which is what my final diagnosis is, connective tissue disease-wise. It's undifferentiated lupus. So,
0: when were you diagnosed with lupus? Was it
1: fall of 2014 so oh, okay. august of 2014 was when i went to unmc they drew my blood they knew that i had an undifferentiated connective tissue disease but they weren't really willing to treat it they mm-hmm. were like oh well we'll keep you on this drug plaquenil and we'll keep you on and and said but we're not gonna but i'm like i've been doing that nothing mm-hmm. it's not cutting it what am i missing what's going wrong And so that's when we decided we've got to go to Johns Hopkins. There's got to be a nugget here that we're not getting from them. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not a doctor, like, and there's only so much, where do you begin your Google search? Like, my doctor
0: isn't listening, my doctor isn't. But that's, I think that's a, like, that could be a whole conversation itself because I know, like, it's important to listen to your doctor and believe in them and trust them and go with them, but if you're not getting the care you need or you know in your gut that that's not the right thing like there's a real fine line between diving way too hard into web md and like the annoying your medical staff and also like being an advocate for your own health
1: oh totally i mean i remember during that time that there's a vivid conversation with my husband and i was like i do not have lupus there is no way in hell i have lupus i'm sure it's a bad flare We'll put me on another biologic drug. We'll figure out a plan. We'll make a life plan, whether it's a five-year plan. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll get this flare under control. Like, never in a million years did I think, like, that time. Ta- you just, I don't know. Sometimes when so many crazy things have happened, you're like, no, no. Like, I'm done with all the crazy. Yeah. Like, this is. That can't be the <laughs> end
0: road. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So, we went to Johns Hopkins, and it was really helpful. They taught me what to eliminate from my diet, which. Mm-hmm. I do and don't follow. Garlic was one thing. When I'm having flares, I'll Mm -hmm. try to, like, follow what, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. Um, And I've done, you know, elimination diets just to see if, like, things help. Is it really, you know, triggering? I don't know. We live in a weird world where people will eliminate anything to make themselves feel better.
0: Yeah, I... I agree. Like, I've tried different diet. Like, well, I don't want to say diets because they definitely weren't, like, a living Eating limit- habits. Yeah, yeah, eating habits. That's a great idea. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, I think we're living in this world where, like, you know, powdered mushrooms are going to help you, like, <laughs> yeah. relieve stress, and I think that's awesome if it works for some people. I've totally tried some of that sh- stuff, and I don't, like, I tried, I choked down this collagen shit. Oh. about a week ago and it was it tasted like I was looking the bottom of my kitchen sink oh, and I was like God, I no. don't feel any better what am I doing like I don't know what I'm trying to fix but right yeah
1: I yeah. think maybe it's a willpower thing like I'm I would consider myself a super strong person who's just like okay this is the new road plan like we've got to just follow the directions and go yeah so I don't know if it's just, like, strong-willed people, these food fads, they don't work for us.
0: Because <laughs> we're like, no,
1: it's a real solution. Yeah. I mean, I do know, like, cutting gluten helps my stomach, but that's because I have gastroparesis. Oh, that's yeah. truly, like, I hold the gene marker for celiac. It hasn't mm. come out yet. That's a debate of, like you know are you or aren't you
0: you're just waiting for that shoe to drop sometimes i just crave a donut and i need to just binge
1: (laughs) but then there are other days like today where i ate a stack of gluten-free pancakes holy shit it was amazing and my stomach didn't hurt afterward Nice. which i'm like oh is this what normal life is like is this Mm -hmm. what people really like feel like when they like "Quote unquote binge," oh, yeah. and I've just been yeah. binging on stuff. My stomach is rebelling
0: against. Like who's the Rock? Who eats like thirty thousand calories and pancakes on his cheat day or whatever? Right. Is so yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: it was so good
0: though. But so, anyway, like yeah. so to
1: fast forward to now, um, I was diagnosed with crazy allergy issues last. Well, I guess the beginning of this year, January, which has spawned a whole new life plan of. I always was pretty green my mom was too although cleaning my bathtub with bleach and ammonia not together she's not gonna blow the house <laughs> but you know there are things yeah. like that like she's pretty green but then she'd be like she'd clean with lemons and then be like you have to go scrub the floor with ammonia and you're like what the heck she's balancing it out somehow yes um but yeah so I'm allergic to all these weird ass chemicals things I like to call drunk scientists things like who created these chemicals. Yeah. They're just vowels and consonants strung together. I can't pronounce half of them.
0: But they're in like everything.
1: Yeah, a yeah. lot of them are. So, the biggest one for me is um propylene glycol and I am such an advocate. Like it's so funny. I never thought this would be my platform. But I'm like, no, like I think my mom just I was her first. She became a single mom after, you know, I was Two and a half when she was a single mom. Like, she's not checking the label. She's like, yeah. are you breathing? Are you happy? Are you alive? Yeah. And... <laughs> and moving on. Mm-hmm. Because she was just trying to make sure we both could stay afloat. Like, she's not checking to make sure that my food... And she fed me healthy food. I mean, always growing up. We had organic and... Oh, so you
0: had organic before it was, like, a thing. Yeah, like, before
1: it was a thing. And my mom would make my dad drive an hour during his lunch break to go to Whole Foods (laughs) and then bring everything back in a cooler at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, we ate so healthy. But, yeah, propylene glycol, it's in everything. It's basically an antifreeze component to keep, you know, so you imagine your face creams. It preserves the chemical properties by, you know, it won't freeze. So it's just a crazy That's chemical. so... In-
0: yeah. I mean, since talking to you about, like, your allergies and what's in everything, like, first of all, it made me realize how much I... Like, some things really do irritate me, but I can try most things. Okay. I mean... I've been using this natural deodorant lately that all of a sudden decided to, like, wreak havoc on my poor armpits. I don't know you know how they do that, and they're like, I'm just gonna make you give a rash, but— yeah. But, like, most—like, yeah, I go back and forth with things, but, like, you have to read every single label and make sure it's not in there. And one thing that I've really become aware is, um, and I feel like this might—is it controversy? I don't know, but, um— Like, dogs in public spaces, like a coffee shop or something, like, I know you have a pretty severe animal allergy, or, like, animal dander allergy. Oh, man, yeah. So I'm like, what, you know, when a dog walks by us and we're, like, chit-chatting at a coffee shop, it's like, well, what's, where's the line? Like, where does that person get to bring their dog in because they love their dog? Or where's the line with, like, you have an allergy and it's going to wreak havoc on your body?
1: The struggle is very real. And let me just begin this with, I freaking love a good, happy, fluffy dog. Don't lick me. Don't be a jackass. Also, don't bite me. I've been bitten by way too many dogs Mm, in my life. Yeah. But, like, I had a dog for a bit growing up, and that's a story for another day of where (laughs) she went. But that was some of the happiest times of my life. I loved my dog. And even now, like, my mom at work like there's a dog and she's like oh I cuddled with champ today
0: yeah and I'm like who
1: are you the woman who hated animals growing I mean she didn't not like hate hate but she wasn't a dog person by any means yeah wasn't a cuddle dog no and so it's just so funny to me I mean and it is hard because I get that I get like yeah I want to bring my bestie everywhere I go like my husband works all the time
0: Yeah, we're pouring wine. Oh, yeah.
1: just We're going to pause for two seconds. After all that, man, you
0: need a glass. Seriously, (laughs) though.
1: But so, yeah, my husband works all the time. If I could have a bleeping dog, oh, my gosh, be my little bud. We already came up with names. I mean, we are ready to rock and roll with this Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is hard. There are times I've left places. I've had allergic reactions going to the movie theater from people with cat hair is notoriously, like, not super great for me, but I'm getting a lot better with things yeah. um, since I started doing allergy shots, which is awesome.
0: There's yeah. hope.
1: There's hope. It can't fix the chemicals, but it can fix the environmental. It can fix the dander and okay. that kind of stuff. Hopefully, it can help my honey allergy. Don't get allergic to honey. It oh, really man. sucks. It's in everything. It really is. <laughs> like, probably like Propolis, beeswax, you name it, and then it's hard when you're allergic to Chemicals And, like, crap you shouldn't be using. So you go to, like, organic beauty products and beeswax is in everything. And you're like, okay, cool. No makeup. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care. I've let a lot of vanity go, which is good for me because I didn't think I'd be able to do it.
0: Yeah, so I guess, like, let's kind of talk about, like, ways you... You can like almost but yeah, come to peace with some of that stuff and like safeguard yourself. Like I feel I mean, I'm a little bit older than you and I feel like my vanity like barometer finally has like dipped a little bit and I'm thirty five. So like there are things there's lessons you had to learn way earlier.
1: Yeah, no, and I think learning it too my mom was never super into beauty. Not that she's like she's beautiful, but that was not she was very much tomboy, like didn't really have a ton of time for that and just accepted how god made her Mm -hmm. and kudos so i mean i had a little bit of that she's really bad with the self-talk though
0: (laughs) we're working on it everyone
1: um but so yeah and i taught myself how to do makeup and it was always it's very therapeutic for me like i was the girl in my sorority who was like Oh, i I never went to a dance. I mean, I would sometimes, but if I wasn't going, I'd be like, I'll do everyone's hair and makeup. This will mm-hmm. be fun. And I'll paint your nails too. Like there's something about it that's very therapeutic for me to do and to just hang out. And so, yeah, I think probably the worst part was figuring out like the hair dye allergy I just feel good when I'm blonde. Yeah. I'm a natural ginger, everybody. I mean, <laughs> society has trapped me. <laughs> like, I just need some blonde in my life. Not yeah. Not a ton, just a little to break it up. Um,
0: but I feel like, not to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. I feel that, like, I'm currently debating if I want to grow out my white hair or not, and, yeah. like... Yeah, I've been dyeing it, but I'm like, dude, I just really like a nice chocolate brown on a lady. like, I And I'm totally not going to feel bad it. about it. But yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, and you really
1: have to, you know, my husband was so awesome because he is, I hope it's that he just doesn't care. It's not that he's blind to everything. <laughs> but he's like, I'll love you no matter what. And I'm like, okay, cool. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. So that helped a lot, having a partner, Mm. I think, and being in that stage of life, too. Like, I'm not looking for a dude. Like, that part of my life is over. So I like to think it's because I at least have him. And then my mom and my dad were so helpful. I mean, they're just the sweetest ever. And they were just like, we love you no matter what. A, they've always, you know, been supporters of the pale army, yeah. so they're like stop spray tanning stop dyeing your hair we love you no matter what like we just want you to be healthy we don't mm-hmm. want you to put your body at risk like eliminate everything and you know it's taught them how to eliminate things out of their life mm-hmm. And yeah. my mom has some chemical allergies that she knew beforehand so I mean it's not abnormal in our family to say the least and you know I probably I feel a little bad it's probably the ablest guilt in me Is that I do have a support system. Mm -hmm. And I have a very tight one. Mm -hmm. And my mom is always like. She's ready to jump on board. Adopt any plan. Figure out whatever solution I need.
0: So I know we've talked before about like. Losing friends. Who like can't be there for you. um, When you're going through whatever you're going through. Totally. And it's funny because. Okay
1: so I like to watch trashy reality TV.
0: And mm-hmm. I've been watching
1: The Real Housewives of New York this oh, season. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just love a good rich lady making bad decisions. <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so good about myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but so there's a little bit of that. One friend's kind of having some... She can't... She is unable to communicate her true feelings about mm. what's going on in her personal life that has nothing to do with her girlfriend. Something is hitting her hard and she just can't find the words to get it out, which is fine. I think as yeah. friends sometimes... We see that in our friends, they're struggling, and and we know they're struggling, and we're there for them. And her, so she's crying a lot. And the other friend's like, I just can't cope with the crying. I can't cope. Mm-hmm. I know something's going on. I know it's not me. And so they're equally shutting each other out. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so heartbreaking because you're like, just, just if talk. you could, yeah, just talk, yeah. and be open, and don't feel ashamed of the feelings that you're having that have nothing to do with your friend that are in your own life. Just but it's the trust level and yeah, I've had a number of friends and I don't know if it's proximity. I don't know mm. if it is life, you know, where you're at in life, where, mm-hmm. whether you're married or, you know, you're just in that single life. Um, I just can't make the effort and yeah. just can't and probably don't know. I think, and I wouldn't say that I sometimes communicate great with my friends of like, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like a friend just texted me last night. And she's like, oh my God, I had no idea. You're having this hip issue again, like I have to come over. Like, I need to hang out with yeah. you. Like we will do this. So it's twofold. I mean it it sometimes I'm sure it's my fault. But that yeah, you're just and I hate being negative too. I think sometimes when you're not used to health issues, like my husband wasn't, he's perfectly healthy. Good God that kid never gets sick. Yeah. And so for him it was a learning lesson of, you know, being married to the eighty year old woman. <laughs> And his family had to adapt to that. Everybody's had to adapt and learn, like, no, Kate isn't making this up. Stop being an asshole. Like... Yeah. And that's happened. And I think I don't... Because of that, I don't communicate sometimes Mm. what's going on. Because I don't want to be like, oh, woe is me. I don't want to be like, I need attention because I don't. I really Mm -hmm. don't love attention. Especially when it's this. Like, no one can control it. Nothing's going to make me better some days.
0: Like, it just is what it is. Yeah just bring me a pie and we'll just talk (laughs) well and I think too there's a difference between being vulnerable with the ones you care about and having to lay everything out on the line that like other people don't have to lay out like it's kind of like a little like that's not fair I don't want to tell everybody about all this crap going on maybe I just want to like shut the door and deal with it myself a little bit and well, I don't know. like I
1: love hearing about people's lives mm-hmm. like so you know I love my friends who are dating like please tell me all your exploits I want to know or tell me the dramas everything like I need an escape from my boring life of this <laughs> sitting on the couch watching endless hours of shit TV yeah um so I think there's that going on and then where was I going with this I completely Mm. lost my train of thought.
0: Well, when you were talking about your husband earlier, that reminded me, like, um, so my husband it's like, really the first, like, life partner I ever had. Like, I didn't, like, date a lot in my younger years, and, um, like, having to deal with, like, another person's health stuff was, like, an adjustment for me, because, like, I don't ever get sick, like, blah, blah, blah. And my mom, before we got married, was finally like, you need, like, you're now a partner. Like, you guys are joining your life, and you have to support him. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't just get annoyed. Because, like, Andy will get really, really hungry, and then he turns (laughs) really hangry, and it's a thing for me. I'm like, I'm not going to pack my bag full of granola bars like I'm your mom. Like, you're an adult, man. You can figure it out. And that's when my mom had a little chassis with me about like, well yeah, but now you are in this together. So you need yep. to figure you need to figure out your own like crabbiness towards this. And I was like, dang it.
1: <laughs> no, there <laughs> is definitely it's just funny. My mom gave Brandon an out when he asked for my hand in marriage. Oh, no. he was so Come from a line of very strong women. There was yeah. none of this asking my dad. He went to my mom and my aunt. Nice.
0: Oh, uh, Brandon. Just, <laughs> what a man.
1: And my mom goes, you know she's sick, right? Mm. Thanks, Mom. I really love you. You're the best, Yeah, but you really are. You fed me last night, and we had great wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was funny. But there is that, like, you have to take care of a person, and I think when you're healthy and going to... Even just the smallest, like, quirks about somebody. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there are moments that make me really happy when I know, like, Brandon has a day on... He works in the golf industry. And I, like, load the fridge with Gatorade.
0: And I'm like, yay, I finally took care of my partner. I yeah. can be supportive in the way that I can do it. So great. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there is a, a... I guess... Do vlog vlogs still happen? Like, video? Whatever?
1: I feel like... Since we're both in the industry, I feel yeah. like Instagram stories are where I go most okay. often. Okay. Um, there's this weird underbelly of Instagram because it's funny, you really can tailor it to what your interests oh, yeah. are. And mm-hmm. so I think for a while I was like, oh, everybody's Instagram is like what my feed is like. And then I realized, no, people don't spend endless hours learning about every other autoimmune disease uh, out there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I just want to be friends. We both suffer. Um, mm-hmm. and then I haven't started watching Instagram TV,
0: it kind of annoys me uh, yeah. the platform is
1: really hard to interact with I can't with. get there
0: either, And well I really resisted stories for a while okay. and then I started using it and I was That's like this I is am. kind of fun but yeah, yet another thing in the same app and I'm just like, I look at my phone too much anyway, I don't need to play that game, but yeah
1: it's easier too I think to be like, oh tell me 16 seconds of your life, I can't handle
0: yeah, oh, like an minutes. unfiltered whatever. But 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 what I was gonna tell you is um there is this woman I absolutely adore. Her name's Laura Miller. Um and she used to have a like a food thing called vegan, not gross. And Ooh. she um she has recently really came out about her uh depression issues and she recently went through a really horrible bout of depression and she came out talking about um like she would like put something on instagram or like um do a video or something and her friends would text her and be like girlfriend i've been trying to get a hold of you for days and you're not answering your phone but you'll put this thing on youtube like what is up with that and she's like you know it's a way for me to like communicate and be real about what i'm going through but not have to actually communicate with a human being and like deal with that interaction yeah so i it reminded me of what you were saying earlier about like being like following all these people and like connecting them online but like maybe not telling your really good friend that you're going through some of this stuff because it's a little too real maybe at that moment
1: no I and mean, it totally is so thursday which Amanda already knows this, i will reiterate it for all of you out there. <laughs> um, I learned I have some eye issues courtesy of my type 1 diabetes. Very mild. We don't have to treat them. But it was always a side effect that I thought I would avoid. Um, I never thought I would ever have this issue. I mean, truly, like, that was my goal driving me from the time I was 15. Like, I will never have this issue. I will never have eye issues. I will keep my A1C low. It's a 5.7 for those listening. <laughs> um and so to have that was really shocking, and it just, it put me into a tailspin of, mm-hmm. like, what did I do wrong? Where in the last, you know, couple of, because I go to the eye doctor every year, I'm like, where in the last year have I gone wrong? What did I do? And when you're in pain, it raises your blood sugar. When you mm-hmm. are on steroids, it raises your blood sugar. When you're immobile and have a new life pattern, it your blood sugars fluctuate because you're not moving, so you require more insulin. and. So that was really like, and so my parents took me out to dinner and we didn't talk about it. And it was weird because it, I didn't really want to talk about it. And I, my mom like stopped me in the car and she was like, well, let's wait till your dad gets here. And like, I, that way you don't have to repeat everything, but mm-hmm. we never did. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her Friday and I was like, it's just weighing heavy. Like, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't want pity. I don't want to whine. But it's so weighing on me, and Mm -hmm. I just feel like yet another thing is crumbling, and I can't control it, and all I can do is, you know, roll with the punches and try to do my best. But there is that element of, like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't... Just Google it on your own.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, but it is, like, okay, I'm going to say it out loud, or I'm going to, like, type it and acknowledge it. Maybe i want to do that on, like... Somebody I actually have never met in person, like their their Instagram, whatever. And be like, girlfriend, I feel you. I, this, ha- this happened to me too or something. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And that I do all the time. No one's ever done it to me. So if people would like to come follow me and empathize, that'd be great because I feel like a creeper yeah. 99% of
0: the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. We will uh, put your like your social media stuff that you want to disclose on the show notes.
1: I'm going to have show notes. You can come follow my glamorous life. Yeah, I like it. Hey, you know.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I just want to put out there that I think it's been a really hard week for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. And I hope you all are taking care of yourselves And maybe, I don't know, take a bubble bath tonight or something. Make yourself feel good. Thanks.